Hello and welcome to In the Finest Hour, where you can find tips and tricks and fun overall stuff about competitive 40k in about an hour. I'm your evil host, Ben Jurek, and with me today, we've decided to do an orc takeover episode. We have Wad into the recording studio, Shaylin and Sean are gone, and it's just me, my me, myself, and well, Rich Kilton, the biggest boss. The old war boss is here, and I have to say, you might be the evil host, but everybody knows that orcs is the best, and they're all good. There's there's no evil orcs or good orcs. They're just they're just orcs. That's what's great about all these other people. There's like good guys and bad guys, and good Eldar and bad Eldar. Orcs is just orcs, baby. Orcs just want to fight, and orcs is what we are going to talk about today. But <laughs> but, but first, Rich. Um, Tell us about a little bit about your 40k history and where you're currently at in the uh, ninth edition orcs. Um, so I've been playing 40k since uh, the end of Rogue Trader. So I love going to a table with what, my Grot unit and saying, "Oh, this Grot right here is older than you." So um, I like to do that to some of my younger opponents. I've been playing for a long time um, and always orcs. So I I wanted squats, but they sold the last squats as I was walking into the store and so i had to pick up orcs and i'm so glad that that's how it happened um been playing orcs forever and uh uh just love it and every time they come out with a new codex there's 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 stress and there's anxiety but that's the great thing about having twenty five thousand points of painted orcs is i just set something back on the shelf to collect dust blow off one of my old units and that unit's pretty good now so um yeah, I, I feel really good about the new Codex. I think that it's very diverse. And uh, as far as currently in 9th edition, I'm, I've am i been doing well um, competitively. I'm currently the top ITC um, Orc player. Ben tried to catch me this weekend, but uh, just fell a little bit short. And by that little bit short, we mean Rich won a major and I took third. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it was a it was my opportunity to flip it and i coughed up that opportunity but um both of us taking podium taking a podium uh finish at a major like that i i'm not going to complain about it rich rich gets to hold the number one spot just a little longer that's right and it was it was fun to see ben we've we've been at tournaments together we're we're, we're not that far apart um uh driving wise so we go to some of the same tournaments yeah, Rich and I have had a friendly orc rivalry going on for a couple of years now, and yep. I am yet to win. I've always been somewhere in the number two, the number five. Um, but we had to we had to get our our dominance in before the bandwagoners joined in the new codex. Because you know what, I feel like the new codex is pretty strong. I do too. I I don't think that you will see as many bandwagoners as some of the codexes that have come out recently, but I still think you will see some. Yeah, there's a. I the thing I like about this codex is it definitely made us build a bunch of different armies. Um but in general, Rich, what do you think are some of the best strengths that have come out of this codex? Uh diversity. I think that the the New York codex can be played in so many ways. One of the things I found in 8th is that in my local groups, a lot of people started building their list knowing the kind of army that I would bring. Um, and so they would build towards beating those big blocks of 30 boys. And with this new codex, I think you can bring effective competitive lists. And we're talking like five, six different 
kinds of play styles. And I think that is that is a wonderful thing to have because then you don't get bored. You know, you can because I've always played orcs. I've never really played anything else competitively. Playing as long as I have, I have lots of painted armies, but orcs are always my thing when I'm playing competitively. And when you can just switch it up and play something different, it also makes it so that those people who are kind of gunning for you, they don't know what to expect when you go into a, a GT or or even an RTT. They don't know what to expect. You could show up with two Gorkonauts and a Morkonaut. And it's not, I don't, <laughs> I don't think it's the best, like the but... but um, it could it would be very effective if somebody was coming thinking you're gonna bring a, a horde of boys. You uh you called out my old eighth edition <laughs> winning list. Thank you, Rich. You're welcome, buddy. Uh, um there's a... so I, I have to agree with the diversity, um specifically not just in diversity of lists, but diversity rules. Uh in eighth edition, a lot of stuff kind of like tripped over each other and what role it did. Um commandos and storm boys being like almost the same thing. Uh um as far as like what role you want them to be in, because they had the same deep strike rules. It, there was, and there's like a lot of stuff having enough overlap where like, why would I run boys? Why would I run knobs when boys do this more efficiently and cheaper? And like, there was never good arguments for a lot of units where now they've made the units diverse enough where you can have an argument for most units in the codex. Yep. Um, what do you think some of those key units are as far as what you're going to see in the majority of lists, even with the diversity? Uh, well, the, the variety of war bosses, you're going to see probably at least two detachments. I can't even see an orc list that's not at least two detachments um, because you want multiple bosses. Um, and sometimes, and maybe even often, you'll see three just because the characters are so effective now. Um, the, the, the orc on Squig, the beast boss on Squigasaur is amazing. The w old war boss is amazing. The mega knob, the mega armor war boss is amazing. The only one I haven't really thought of the best way to use him yet is the the beast boss i don't really see him being super competitive yet and uh is there another boss i'm trying to think there's got to be another boss that i'm not thinking you got, of. you got beast boss you got beast boss and sweet or you got war boss you got war boss on bike who still exists in a uh, weird form i don't think that um, he'll exist for very long though i think they're going to take that away I, th I think a lot of lists that people want to take after me are going to have the war trike Oh yes, that's the other one I missed. The, the war track. Yep. The war track is actually good. Some people don't think it is, but I think it's very good, especially with the combinations you can put on it now in the, warlord traits and and relics. Well, the he only he also has the custom job option where if you swing at him, you can deal mortals to people. So, yes, he does. Um, he he poops out a bunch of mortals a lot more than people would ever expect or know about. I don't like the gotcha my opponents. I always warn them first, but they uh they usually like to take it. Um. And with that diversity, like, yeah, we saw at the end of day one on our major, orcs held the top four spots. They're all 3-0. and They're all different lists. Very different lists. Not just slightly different lists. They were all very different lists. Um, but let's uh, let's get back to the, the brass text for a second. And, you know, key units. Like, what are, you, you, got the, you got the bosses. I, I will attest that the Squigasaur, I think, is, well, I'll say it publicly here first. I think he's undercosted. Um, he's ridiculous. He's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> but all the other ones are good. But I think the Squigasaur might be a little bit too far. Um, mostly just in combination with a minus one to wound. Minus one to wound on a T7 target is uh, very strong at a sub 150 point model. So I think I think um, one of the ways that they balance that is he doesn't really deal a massive amount of damage. Most of his like his personal attacks are strength two. I mean are, are damage two. 
Um, so, I mean, he's not just, it's like old war bosses used to go in and say, I'm going to kill a knight in one round of combat. He doesn't do that. None, none of the, bo- well, I guess the, the Killy Claw boss still can do that. But the, but the brutal, brutal but cunning can still do that. It can. It. Yeah. it can. But other than that, I think you're absolutely right. I just think he is a little bit, um, all of the bosses in general, they hit a little less, but oh my gosh, they're so much tougher than they used to be. You used to just expect your orc characters, if they got in combat, they had one round and then they were dead. Yeah, and to comment on the listeners for a second, the reason why we're talking about bosses uh, and multiple attachments, they've now limited um, the ability to run uh, multiple war bosses in a detachment. You can only have one per detach. Um, so, a little weird, uh, but we deal with it, uh, and it's still they're still really strong. Ben, another key unit, Ben, is going to be truck. the truck units. Um, trucker boys are going to be, you know, trucker boys, trucker knobs, trucker bosses. They're going to be great. I think that you're going to see them in most orc lists. Yeah, the ninth edition is very much the transport edition, Rich. I, I think so. Um, and you got like between like you know Drukari and their uh, and their boats, and you got rhinos, you know, and like sisters and such. Um, all these ar- armies that benefit from having transports, and orcs are no stranger to that. Uh, especially now that trucks are a bit more durable, uh, and the payload that they can deal out. Um, is uh is not that weak um all the buffs to boys including how our wall works now um you don't need a million boys to get plus attacks and such so like just 10 boys coming out of a truck uh is enough to do a lot of damage at ap1 um and if a war boss is near them they're securing more hits so um 10 boys coming out of a truck between just the two codexes this codex is a lot more threatening agreed and they're fast so fast so much speed, so much speed in the in the orc codex now. I mean, you can you can be all over people, either shooting or close combat. And to mention the speed, I just want to touch on the thing. I think things orcs are something orcs are struggling with, um, and not really a struggle, just a key unit thing. Is a lot of the good units are in the fast attack slot. Yes, um, you know yes. our our chosen our chosen action monkey now is the storm boy. Um, because that's our deep strike uh, unit now. So you're going to see storm boys in a lot of work lists and just little five man units, and they're fantastic. In in most lists that they're running in, a lot of them either run them as like death skulls to make them obsec, or like in my freebooters list, I can make them obsec. So they have a lot of play, and you went from nearly barely seeing storm boys in lists to you're going to see them in nearly every list. I use storm boys a lot in eight. I mean, and in the beginning of ninth, just having Death Skull Storm Boys was always, to me, very useful. But they're even even more so now. Yeah, they they definitely play the mission better than the majority of other orc units, and you're also seeing a lot more like commandos serving a different role now because they gave them a uh, a forward deploy, which um, I think armies that have that sort of infiltration tactic. Um, honestly have strengths that other armies don't because they're able to zone out partic- other infiltrates they're able to zone out deep strikes way early um and orcs never had that before and suddenly they have it well and then also giving them speed and then the ability to uh to advance and charge on the first turn of the game commandos became incredibly useful yeah it's it's definitely a a tide to change in and everything uh, got buffed. I think a lot of players were really scared of the codex uh, because of change, and you know, like, oh, why can't I charge with an aura anymore? Why don't I have these pluses? Well, when you combine everything together, 
um, it it, uh, it all comes together in a beautiful mess, and I'm uh, I'm quite excited about it. Um, are there any other units you want to talk about, Rich, before we move on to talking about tactics? Um, no, I think that we'll talk about them later on. Um, the 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 Rucka truck is going to be interesting because it's it's one that I was super excited about, and I still am. But it's also I think there's some matches it will be amazing. And then other matches, maybe it won't be quite as good. So it'll be interesting because people are screaming about how good it is. And it is, but not always. Yeah, I, I love my rocket truck. It's another fast attack slot. I want to give a quick shout out to the War Biker. It is per point and what they do now. Um, you know, like essentially eight points a wound is what they come out to, or 8.33 points a wound. Um, they are fantastic. Um, so. As far as things you're just going to see a lot more of, you're going to see a lot those a lot of those at the table when they were hardly ever played before. So, I they went from being uh, basically lost in obscurity to now they're a key unit. So agreed, agreed. Um, but all these have tactics, and what's the uh, what's the overall tactic with uh, with orcs, Rich? Get them. <laughs> I'd say with both of our play styles, it, it's uh, I, I would have to agree with you whether it's shooty or fighty or whichever. Um, the orc army is incredibly aggressive, and yes. I think it lives up to what Ninth Edition codexes are doing, where the army plays like you'd expect it. Yeah, um, orcs are aggressive. They that is that is what they do. Uh, they they fight. They shoot. Everything they do is what you would expect them to do. They shoot in just big. Buckets of volume. Um, my the list I'm running shoots like 300 some bullets on a on turn one. Like it's it's absolutely insane. Something something else that they they got that that they didn't really have before is they have lots of little ways to do mortal wounds now. A lot of little little tactics and little um, ways to just kick out mortal wounds where you didn't before. And that's I think that really helps the orcs because. Some of those units that have incredible saves and things like that have always been something that orcs have struggled with. And high toughness with a 2 plus or 1 plus save has always been the bane of the orc boy. And now you have ways to deal with that kind of stuff with all the mortals we can put out. Yeah, and not to mention like between like stratagems for like plus one to wound and uh, everything being a bit more like streamlined and having just things that are able to just to actually put pain on high toughness and high wound units. Cause like sometimes you'd run, you could run 38th edition boys into like a T seven vehicle with a three up save and bounce. You just don't do anything now. Like 10 beast naked boys get out and they can take down the entire vehicle. So it's, it's definitely a change. I um, think, I think you're also some of the tactics that you changed that you're not going to see, at least in my opinion, you're not going to see very many big blocks of 30 boys. I don't think that that is very effective anymore. Yeah, there's a they definitely just just to give the the viewers a quick little history um, and what the jump the jump between eighth and ninth is is that everything that was very playable in eighth they they kind of just shifted away from it. Um, you can still play that style of army. Uh, it's just not going to be nearly as strong. There's no like incentive for it. There's no incentive to run a thirty man block. There's no a leadership role for it there's no plus attack for running a bunch of boys it's all back down to just like boys are boys here's how many attacks they have wall gives more attacks so i think if you see like 100 plus boys on the board in a green tide formation you're probably going to see them in smaller units msu most likely yeah you might see that's where you might see a brigade if somebody wanted to run a list like that you could see 12 units of 10 boys 
my back does not want to play that army, even <laughs> though I know it would be good. People <laughs> wonder people wonder how I can play all these models um because I'm I'm older. I'm I'm fifty years old. Well, fifty one, shut up. But uh <laughs> it's because I'm on my feet all day for work. So to me it's not that big a deal to to be on my feet pushing models around all day. So the overall tactic for orcs is, is law. It's go to war, go to fight, shoot. I don't think anyone's going to argue anywhere else. It's not It's not really a cagey army. Um, it's very much a very aggressive army, and no matter what role they're taking or what you're running, it's still going to just be a very offensive, very aggressive army. And even when you go on the defensive and like wait for your opponent to like come into you, your counterchargers are just brutal. Yes, they are. Um, so that's how you play the orc matchup, by the way, guys, uh, <laughs> uh, as you countercharge him. Um, now, the uh, do orcs have any preferred missions and secondaries? What do, where do they excel? Um, I personally, I think they excel when there's a lot of objectives on the table. Um, they just have so many little units and so many fast units that they can dominate the primary mission um, if if the opponent isn't isn't in a position to fight the aggression. They can just steal your objectives. Yeah, like vital ground, the uh, the other six objective maps. I think they. Uh, I don't. I think we don't like the four objective maps, no matter what version of the list we're playing. Because even myself, with a list that doesn't have a lot of stuff that you know, grabs objectives, I hate the four objective maps. It's it can be those can be very difficult on me. What uh what secondaries do you like, Rich? So I a lot of times I'll take retrieve Octarius data. Um, I like stranglehold. Um, I like um, Engage on All Fronts. Uh, they gave some Orc ones. They are decent. And in my final game of the tournament, I really used the um, Stompum Stratagem uh, to great effect. I think I scored 15 points on that. And, and I barely, I think I won by five or six points. So that one, and it was a low-scoring game. So Stompum really helped me in my Necron matchup. I actually heard that, and I knew he had melee necrons on his list when I I heard you p- doing picking your secondaries, and I was like, "Oh, those score pick destroyers! That actually might be a tough t- tough round." But um, you'd prove me wrong on that. Yeah, they, they. I mean, I got rid of those guys as early as I could so that I would win that that matchup, um, the the close combat matchup. And then he just shot a lot of my stuff, and but in the combat phase, after I killed those guys. He really didn't kill anything in combat, and then you and it doesn't matter. You just oh, I killed one unit. Cool, free, free yeah. points for you. Yeah. So, um, my uh, my preferred secondaries are. I think we're we're in line with a uh, engaging all fronts. Orcs are very aggressive. They like table control. Um, my list uh, runs four planes. Uh, so <laughs> engaging all fronts is like the easiest uh, secondary you could ever pick. Um, retrieve Octarius data is really cool with me, uh, and. I struggle with a certain secondary. I usually have to like be, do it based on my opponent's army. Yep. Uh, but my go-to when I can't pick something is to the last, just because like the Squigasaur is one of my to the lasts. So um, it's usually if I'm in a winning position, I'm always going to get 10 on that, which is what I'm looking for. Uh, the 15 I don't need. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really like to the last, specifically if you're going to play like the mechanized t- style of armies. And you can actually manipulate your to the last a bit by like putting two buggies in one group instead of a single buggy, stuff like that. Um, and I'll be doing that in the near future for the next GT I'm in. So um, as far as uh, now getting off of uh, missions and secondaries, what do you think? What do you think are any pitfall units that people should avoid or use very sparingly? Like where's what a what is not so good? <laughs> 
We already talked about big units of boys. The morale mechanics have changed for orcs, and orcs basically used to be pretty much fearless. They would lose a couple of guys to the boss, crumping some heads, but now orc um, orc morale can be an issue. So you have to be careful um, in that regard. So anytime you're taking big units, that's where um, that's where your morale issues could could come into play. As far as other than that, units that I think that's one of the things I like about the Codex is there's no units that I'm going, uh, I would never take that unit. I mean, um, I can see uses for just about everything in the army. Um, even even Gretchen, as bad as they, it's hard to make the worst five point model in the game worse, but I think they did, but it's still usable. I was gonna, I was gonna bring up Gretchen. I think the thing that they do is they fill a patrol. Right. Um, they're there because, like, my my problem with them is that Agrippic Commandos cost the same and is infinitely better. Yes. It just they fill a troop slot. So that's that's my gripe with Gretchen is that they're they're so terrible. And just to, so the listeners know, they lost Obsec. They lost an armor. They lost an armor save. They used to even get an armor save. Um, they're just. They're so bad now, and they're five points apiece. So they're the same cost as cultists and guardsmen, and it's it's disgusting. But um, I think my unit in that list, Rich, um, and let me know if you disagree with me. I think the Bonebreaker um, suffers from uh, old from old data sheet uh, kind of like lagging behind because the the new kill rig and the new war rigs like just do its job better. Yeah, I agree. So. I, so I think I think your melee focused uh your melee focused battle wagons um are definitely going to be lacking a little bit behind because GW is pushing new models and of course all of our new models actually happen to be pretty good. Well, you you specifically called out the Bonebreaker. The I actually think the battle wagon that can hold twenty that actually still has a place. I believe it's just if you really want to take a big unit of beast snagger boys. Throwing them into a battle wagon is not a horrible strategy. It's not that expensive, and it is pretty tough. Yeah, I, I did specifically call it the bone break because I don't think I don't think you'll see a bone break if you have an option for a kill rig or a war rig. Right? No. We'll still think you'll see some battle wagon play, especially like open top to our stuff. So yep, those still have play. But your your specific like bone breakers, no, you're probably those those suffer from other stuff just being better than them. We're like. Squig hogs didn't replace bikers. They have their own role. So yes, they do. I'm happy the squig hogs are just good, but they're not. Oh, why would I run this over bikers? Type of deal. Um, and there's still a place for boys. A lot of people are afraid of beast snakes beating boys. There's still a place for boys. Uh, you want to? You you actually run both, Rich. Why don't you talk about that for a second? Yeah, they're both very good. Um, you can only take um, boys as trucker boys. You can't take beast snagger boys. So especially in in the role of a trucker boy. That's where you're going to see most of your boys. But I took some boys that weren't trucker boys and uh, still enjoyed that. Um, boys are just, you know, they, they swing really hard. They, 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 they're obsec. They control the table. There's a lot of uses that a boy, even at their, their cost is up a little bit. But now that they're toughness five, they're more durable. So having a lot of bodies is, has always been a good part of the game. Yeah, and they're all obsec bodies. So... <laughs> They're, uh, they're always going to be a little bit crazy. Um, any uh, pregame stratagems uh, to include or consider? So they do have the worst <laughs> redeploy stratagem that's, that's come out, but I totally understand why they did it that way. Um, they have a redeploy stratagem where at, before you decide who's going first, 
you can move three orc units. And the reason they had to do it that way instead of like so many other armies have gotten after you decide who's going first, you can redeploy, is because having 45 commandos sitting nine inches away from the enemy and then being able to say, oh, I'm not going first, I'll move them back. That's really, really strong. And so I think they were doing that specifically for that um, that strategy. I, I'm going to disagree with you, Rich, and just say I think they're stupid. I think it should be the other way around. <laughs> I want Blood X's to be good because that's a Blood X specific stratagem. Um, I think the stratagems you're going to see, pregame stratagems you're going to see, you're always going to see extra relics. You're always going to see big boss, which is how you give Warlord oh, traits yes. and things now. Yes. Orcs didn't have that in 8th edition. We have it now. Woo! It's taken a long time. I've been begging for that. for When Psychic Awakening came out, I thought for sure we were going to get it. And we didn't. And everybody else had it. And Marines could give two to one guy. And I'm going, why can't you just give that to us? And we finally have it. Yeah, and most of them are good. That's that's the best part. Yep. Um, let's uh let's move on to orcs, our specific army mechanics. Um, what what stands out to you? So in my specific army that I that I'm running. Oh, just just in general in the codex. Like oh, okay. What, what, so we have our mechanics. Like we have like ramshackle. We have mob rule. We have the wa is amazing. So um, the way it works, I was I was one of those people at first. I was going, man, losing the ability to advance and charge every like because you have war bosses out there. So losing that all over the table, um, I was a little frustrated. But now that I I see the power of being able to go table wide. And get all the plus one attacks for two turns, which is how it works now. You call the wah. Also, I'm one of those guys who likes to scream wah. Um, so that's that's good for me, too. Um, I've been doing it so long that it's ingrained. I don't care if it offends my opponent because I'm old, so they can just I, they can just live with it. I, I like to do it like a gentleman. I'm just like, I'm just like oh, my command phase, wah, Mr. Bond. Uh. <laughs> I always warn them. I'm not going to just startle somebody but uh yeah i do call the wall and uh so you, when you call it for that turn you get you call it in the command phase only if you have your warlord alive so that's one thing for you people we'll talk about how to beat orcs later but uh warlord has to be alive um so yeah he calls the wall and then for that turn everything on the table that is core or character of any clan gets to advance and charge and gets and then everything gets plus one attack and then the second turn after you call the wall everything just gets the plus one attack so it's very powerful yeah it it adds the uh it adds a feature that you used to have like had 20 plus boys for whichever but now that little 10 grip 10 man group of choppy boys is gonna be four attacks no matter what um as long as you've called the wall my particular wall is the speed wall um that one adds one shot to each Daka gun, which is a new mechanic. Uh, and it also, on the turn one, and it also adds an AP. And then when you roll into the second turn of the WA, uh, it, add, it you just keep the AP, you don't get the additional shots. But this comes into play with Daka guns, which is, the, which is less good rapid fire, but it, they applied it to weapons that already have a lot of volume, such as like big shooters. Uh, and super shooters and stuff and stuff like that. Um, it makes like one individual war biker have twelve shots uh, on turn one as long as they're at half range. So um, it's 
bonkers. Like, like your little 125-man group of, uh, of war bikers gets 60 shots. Uh, strength 5, neg 1. Like, it's absolutely insane. So uh, speed wah is, is my particular flavor of wah. And then if you're running Gaskell and you call it, you get both. Which is crazy. Yeah, that's really good. I thought when I saw when I saw Gasgill, I thought, man, he lost so much. But be- both Waz are so good that I understand why they did that to him. Yeah, I think I think we're going to see a list that definitely incorporates Gasgill out there in the near future um, and has a little bit of both going on. Um, I don't know when we'll see it or what it will be, but I think we're going to see it at some point. Um, the uh, the next mechanic, my my MVP mechanic personally, uh, is Ramshackle. Um, they completely changed it. They applied it to every vehicle except for like Gork, except for the Lords of War, uh, and it's reduced damage by one on except when the strength is above eight. And you wouldn't believe the amount of uh, of you know medium strength stuff out there that's like two damage or three damage that all your stuff just completely shrugs off. Yeah, and it's strength eight or above. But uh, yeah, it's it's so powerful. Yeah, I. Uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of Volkite stuff out there. There's a lot of power swords. There's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that's all over the place. That's two damage, and you literally just suddenly ignore half of your opponent's damage. It's um, your things are way more durable with that now. And I I had to see to believe it type of deal. Like I didn't realize how good it was until after I got games in with it, and I was like, okay, this is this is busted. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say busted, but this is, this is a very good mechanic. Now when it went from a kind of a lucky trash mechanic in the previous edition to now, like you're very fortunate to have it. So especially when like your speed boss has it, uh, cause it's on the war bike, it's on the war trike. So even more fun. Yes. Any other, uh, work mechanics you want to, you want to talk about rich? Um, no, no, nothing, nothing jumps out to me right now. Right. Um, so the uh, are any of the you, we we talked about secondaries for a second, but uh, are you do you like any of the other orc specific secondaries? You want to expand upon those for a second? So I don't know all their names uh, yet. Um, the the one where you have to take big units. I mean, I guess if you just still want to be stubborn and run big units, that one could be really useful. Um, the the one where your boss has to do work, and I can't remember if you know what they're called. Tell me, Ben. Um, but the one where your boss has to go around and do work, it's too easy in against a, a competent, well, against a very good opponent, they can they can mitigate that pretty well and they can try and focus that guy down because even as tough and durable as your characters are, anything in the game can be killed. So, and if they get that, then you don't get any of those points. So, I think that the, the Stomp'em is pretty useful. Um, but other than that, I don't think any are particularly great. Yeah, I don't take any of them personally. I kind of look at the shadow operations one, but it's not any better than like than the basic uh, shadow operation uh, choices you have. Right. So um, I'm not particularly a fan, but you know, I was really praying for an auto take. We didn't get one. We did not get an auto take. You're correct. Yep. Bigger beggars can't be choosers. Um, but. Thinking about talking about beggars can be choosers. Something I really did like uh, is the changes to the clans. Even with some of the nerfs, I'm really excited about the clans. Why don't you uh, tell me about your favorite clan, uh, Rich? So when when the changes came out, a lot of people, including other orc bosses, um, were were listing the strengths and weaknesses of the clans, and a lot of them thought evil sons were really low. 
I love the Evil Sons. I think they are so powerful. And that's the one I've been running. I enjoy it a lot. Um, I still run some Death Skulls just because I love OBSEC. That is one of the things that... That's my play style is taking objectives away. So um, I think that all of them are good. My play style doesn't really fit the way... Blood Axes are sneaky. They didn't change at all. And before, I didn't think they were good. But now, in a, if you build your list to accommodate it, Blood Axes can be very good. Um, so I don't think any... I think the weakest is probably, at least for me, would be Bad Moons. Um, just because of the way I play. I think Freebooters are a much better shooty way to play. Um, so if I was going to run a shooty list, it would be Freebooters and not Bad Moons. Um, but Evil Sons is my, my secret sauce. And I think uh, some of the buddies I've talked to are starting to see some of the power of that. But Goffs are incredible. Um, uh, Freebooters are really great. And especially if you're a shooty list like Ben's, it's incredible. Um, but yeah, I don't see any that are just horrible. My, uh, I think a lot of people saw Evil Sons being not as good as they were because they generally, as a clan, they lost they lost the most as a clan as far as their clan rule works, where they get they used to get plus one advance, plus one charge, plus one move. Now it's just plus one move in advance. Um, I think the thing that made them super strong, though, is a they still kept their movement buffs, um, and you really don't care about the plus to charge because you're not doing a lot of de jumping and de and deep striking anymore. You're just running at things now because you can run across the board uh, with like truck boys and such on turn one. So, um, it, you know, things are getting kind of a little bit replaced with things that are more reliable anyway. Um, and you got these awesome warlord traits and relics. And I think Evil Sons easily have the most powerful warlord traits and relics. Yes, and that's why they're good. And and in particular, you've basically you've lost the ability to advance and charge except once a game. But Evil Sons is the only clan that can still advance and charge a unit every turn. And that is that's really powerful. Yeah, they when I saw they they kept that, I was like, okay, I can definitely see a reason for bringing a detachment of that. Um, I think uh, I think I, I think our analysis of uh, of other clans is very similar. Um, I believe uh, I believe the only you might see a bad moons detached someday. Um, I believe you'll see a lot of snake bites detaches. They uh, they particularly play at the squig keyword. If you build a squig heavy army, plus one to wounds is a really really strong strat. Yes, it is. On top of on top of a a a, a kind of a a nerfed transhuman where. If they're swinging above strength eight, you don't get transhuman. But orcs are T five anyway, so it only really affects like strength six and strength seven weapons. Um, but either way, like between like when kill rigs actually start hitting the table and such like that, all that is affected by snake bite, um, and it's all very good. I think goths easily are the most improved between uh, the previous editions. Um, freebooters got straight up buffed. Their their plus went from aura based to just table wide. So. That was a huge relief for me, and with the new volume of shots and everything, just having more shots in general, that's the reason why I gravitated to it. Because well, I've already played a freebooter list; it just got better. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> um, but I don't. Uh, the only one I really don't see myself using would be Bad Moon. So I, I think we're in agreement there. Yeah, and we didn't mention this, but Shooter Boys. When you compare Shooter Boys to Chopper Boys, it's it's not even a comparison. I mean, to me, I guess if you were going to run shooter boys and use bad moons, that could be the only way that I can see maybe 
you play bad moons is if you run a bunch of shooter boys. But I just think chopper boys are so much better than shooter boys that that seems very weak to me. I will say with this little asterisk here, when in the current rules is written, uh, shooter boys benefit from the speed wall ability of, of shots coming from a vehicle, so they get the speed wall additional shot, additional Correct. AP. Um, I think a truck full of shooter boys can do a ridiculous amount of damage as long as they're in the truck. Um because they're at, that'd be at four shots a piece, make one. Uh, so like ten guys is shooting forty shots. So um, point to shot. Um, I think they're really good. I think they're a little bit short range for that, which is why you kind of want to be bad moon over freebooter um, with that. But either way, like every that's currently the only thing that like makes shooter boys even a contender versus choppy boys. But um, moving on from clans, and we already talked about relics and strut and such. Uh, but let's 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 reflect on a couple of relics. What are your favorite relics? Uh, the Killy Claw is still amazing. It's, it's so good. It's one of the things that you, I mean, has been the case, but is still the case is the orcs don't have a lot of damage three. Um, and that's, that's some way to mitigate that is, is something you're kind of looking for. And the Killy Claw on one of your bosses is a way to, to put some damage three out there. So I think that that one is to me, one of the, one of the real go-tos that you're going to see in a lot of lists. My go-to is the Beast Hide Mantle. Um, that thing, I believe you're going to see, almost every list will probably have one on some character or another, um, and that grants a 5-up Feel No Pain and plus 1 attack. And Throwing it on the Squigasaur at insult to injury of how hard it is to kill is uh, just kind of rude. Well, and if I wasn't running the Resmecha's Redder Armor on my Squigasaur, that's what I would have. But the Redder Armor is so, so good. Yeah, the Redder Armor uh, does fight last, right? It is. It's the fight last. Yeah. my uh, I, I take my clan-specific one also on my War Trike, and that is uh, it turns off OPSEC uh, in a 6-inch aura. Oh, that's um, so and good. There. There, there's a, there's some silly, silly things you can do with it. It did not come into play much this past major, um, but it definitely does come into play. Uh, rolling up to custodies and just going, hey, this is mine now, um, is pretty hilarious. So, uh, just there's a, there's a lot of, there's actually de- a decent amount of relics and orcs can spend a lot of CP in their list building phase. I think between like the ones that mean list rich listed and headwapas kill choppa. Um, and even like the dead shiny shooter, there's they're all decent to take. I don't think there's really any that you wouldn't take. Are there any you wouldn't take a uh, rich? No, I mean there there's use for everything. Even I I've even found some possibilities for the some of the shooting ones that I wouldn't in the last edition I would never have taken. But um, there's there's some actual uses for some of those now. Oh well, rich, let's uh we've kind of like talked about relics and such uh we we talked about uh warlord traits a little bit my particular favorite warlord trait is 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 art as nails uh that's the minus one to wound um what's your favorite warlord trait um i would probably say the same one art as nails Uh, uh, and balance that with brutal but cunning is still very good those are the two that i take and they're both at least that's the two i take on my bosses i take a couple others as well but those two are amazing I think Roadkiller on the Speed Freak boss is is always going to be the auto-take if you have a Speed Freak boss. The ability to do mortals on charges on a 2-up all the time, every time, um, is too good to pass up, in my opinion. So 
I throw that on my boss, uh, and then we get these orcs have this cool uh, mechanic called custom jobs. It's kind of like points you pay for things instead of CP or instead of a warlord trait, you can actually just put stuff on them uh, for points. So I put the shaka hull on my trike, um, and that is if an opponent essentially puts attacks into my unit on a four up, they take D3 mortals. So um, just like sliming him in the stuff and forcing things to swing at him and doing a bunch of mortals to them is one of my favorite things. So one thing that I've found is is you have to kind of change your mindset because when I first started building my list, I went, well, this this faster than use, which is the Evil Sun specific um, warlord trait. I go, oh, I need that on my war boss. That's so good. And because I couldn't get my mind around, wait, I can give warlord traits to other guys. I don't have to keep it on my war boss. So that's why I said, oh, just put that on a knob with Smasher Squig. He'll do the waving the banner around saying, you go there, you go there. And then my boss can just go fight. All right, Rich. Um, I think that kind of covers the majority of the Warlord traits. I know there's quite a few more. Um, and some of them are locked based on if you have a particular character or like the Kill Rig, for example. Even though it's a character, it cannot take minus one to wound. Because I think the Codex designer saw that and went, no, T8 minus one to wound is broken. Um, so they took that away from us before we could even have it. I think, I think, Ben, one of the things I wanted to comment on, I think that they did a good job in this codex by limiting it to you can only take these certain things if your warlord is of that clan. So they lock some of the things depending on what uh, clan you are. And I think that by doing that, they allowed them to give really good, sec- uh, really good relics and and things like that without making it so that, oh, everybody's going to just cherry pick the best ones because you have to be of that clan to get some of them. So I think that that was a good balancing feature. I wish they would have done that with some of the other armies that are a little over-tuned right now. I like that design, and I do agree with you. I believe in a vacuum of game design. That is a beautiful way to design the game. It is unfortunate that because other codexes already have it without that limitation, that orcs essentially have a nerf for no particular reason at all. So... I hope it gets enforced in the future. I'd love to see that become just a, a natural thing in future codexes and in later FAQ updates and such. But um, I, I love the I love the idea, and I don't really mind how it plays. Um, having gotten uh, you know well over a dozen games under my belt of new arcs, nope, hasn't been a problem at all. I haven't run into a situation where I felt truly underpowered because of it. So. Last thing I really want to talk about before we move on to our current lists and how to beat us is stratagems. What are where do orcs stand CP wise, and what sort of stratagems are you going to see come out of them? I think this is where a lot of people have complained because orc stratagems were really good. We had some amazing stratagems before this codex, and I believe overall our stratagems are are um, they're more specialized. So. They're only a, they're only useful in certain circumstances. There's not just an auto, oh, I'm going to try and use that every game. There's nothing like that, and so, and then also some of them feel like they're they're too expensive. Like some of the stratagems feel like they should be one, and almost every stratagem is like two CP. So I think yeah. overall, the stratagem play is an area where they they kind of tuned the orcs down so that they wouldn't be crazy like some of these other armies have been. So I think stratagems is somewhere where they're, they're not the super strong like some other armies are, 
And I think that, but once you learn them, I think you'll find the uses and the usefulness of the stratagems. I think they're very uh, case specific when you want to use them. I'm definitely in agreement with you there. My big comment was going to be because I'm not planning and spending a lot of CPN stratagems, it has allowed me to list build far more aggressively. Um, I'm taking more detachments. I'm taking more relics. I'm dropping more boiler traits. I'm reserving more stuff pre-game. Um, I'm actually liking that a little bit when I'm because like sometimes I'm starting my game before my command phase with three CP. Wow. And honestly, I don't care. I'm not planning on using it unless like maybe a command point reroll here or there. Um, the stratagem I'm always saving my CP for is ramming speed. Yep. Uh, because that on triple scrapjet is obnoxious um what uh, what stratagems do you actually use rich so there's a couple that that i kind of keep in my in my back pocket i've used them a couple times and they haven't worked but they they can be game winning and one is the um i think it's called snag a claw or whatever it's where b snag boys can lock units in combat unless they roll a four plus and it feels like yeah, everybody snag a grapple snag a grapple everybody has always rolled the four plus but if they hadn't that probably would have been the game over right then because if I can lock you in combat, that's so powerful to, to use that ability. Um, it keeps you from getting shot. It can, it can block up a whole, a whole army so they can't move. If you can lock a couple of things in and then just have a line of boys that's stretched between two rhinos that you can't back away, now you can't even move. You're just stuck there. Yeah, and you don't need to be wrapped. You can be you can position exactly yeah. how you want. It it's it can be absolutely devastating. I'm I'm excited to see that play personally. Yeah. So that's one that's in my in my wheelhouse. Um there, there's some like if you're playing knights, there's a there's a stratagem that like gives you plus two damage when you're attacking a knight, and that is crazy good. Um so so that like I said, there's a lot of them are specified to the certain situation has to come up. But uh, when that situation comes up, it's it's really powerful. Yeah, it's it's really toolboxy. I definitely run into situations where I'm using mine not nearly as often as I thought I would be. So once again, like my average CP when I start when in my command phase is six CP because uh, I'm usually reserving at least one thing with Teleporta, um, and I have two detachments, and I have to take an outrider because I want all my fast attack slots, um, and. My other ones that I use is I really love the freebooter one of giving a unit opsec and then mm-hmm. just taking something from someone with with storm boys or something. It's that one's easily one of my favorites. And then um, I use the cloud of smoke one every now and then, um, especially if I go second, because that's a big aura of minus one to hit to like my other vehicles and such and stuff that may not already have it. Like if someone can see uh, one of my, see a set of buggies or something, I can at least you know give them a little bit more survivability. But once again, they're all expensive, um, which I think is definitely the annoying piece of it. And, you know, I think the my favorite one that, you know, if you, you're going to see a lot of in the future um, is definitely going to be the plus one to wound uh, that you can give to specifically the Beast Nega side of uh, things. So though that stratagem, I think, is one of the strongest, but definitely not seeing a lot of play yet because you don't see a lot of those models on the table because they just <laughs> they don't exist yet. They're so, not available. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, people are having trouble time getting the mo- getting the models just because we're in the early deployment and we only had that limited box that came out. And normally we normally do an intermission, but we're just not gonna do one. So Shailen, you can cut this part part out, uh, and we let's just move to talking about our lists. So 
Rich, tell me about your list. What what makes your list special? So the list I ran at the the major that I just won, um, it's an Evil Sons Battalion, and then it's a Death Skulls um, Outrider. And I think that it's it's a lot of obsecs. I have 50, f- uh, five units of 10 boys or beast snagga boys. So I have a lot of just infantry, and then I have a lot of uh, death skull units that can go and take objectives and score obsec. So I think the thing that made my list special, it's very, it's um, very concentrated on controlling the primary and winning the primary. And uh, it's, it's not super killy. It has a lot of killy stuff and it will, you know, it'll get into, if you have infantry sitting out there, it'll fight and kill a lot of infantry. Um, I don't have a lot of, I have one unit of def copters that can put out some good ranged fire and I have the three rucka trucks that can that can shoot and do a lot of damage in certain matchups. Um, I think that I've I've I'm going to try some lists in my playtesting with less rucka trucks, which is interesting because I was one of my buddies was complaining how good the rucka truck is in comparison to the whirlwind, which is absolutely true. But and then I'm telling him, yeah, but I might take it out of my list, and he was just frustrated because because um, they are very good. But I don't think they're essential. And I like that there's no auto-take, other than maybe the Beast Boss on Squigasaur, that there's no auto-take in the Orc list. Yeah, you don't have to run it, but if you want it to fill a specific role, you can, you can definitely run it. I'm definitely running three. So yeah, my list, um, so I do, a lot of, I do a lot of things where I'm going to try and take your primaries away from you. And, um, and because I have so many obsec units it makes that easier for me to do and i'm just coming across the board um generally i i'm not somebody who is i would say i call wa on the first turn maybe half the time so it's not just a first turn i'm coming to get you i i generally save it for second i think one of my rounds i saved it for third or fourth um so when i call my wa is dependent on the situation i'm not dependent on calling it on first turn yeah, I can imagine, you know, if your opponent decides to take a position mid-board and just move into your range, you can you can call it. But if you're going first, you're there, like, no reason to call it. Why would I call it? Waste your uh, advance and charge, waste your attack. Yep. Definitely no reason. Yep. Well, Rich, I think my list contrasts greatly from yours. Yes. So... <laughs> My my list is a uh, is a patrol and an outrider. Uh, they're both freebooters. Um, my first patrol uh, contains uh, a war a war boss on Trek. He's the warlord. Um, he's the reason why I can call Speedwa. Uh, and then I have my little group of grots that you know takes the troop slot. Uh, and on top of that, I have um, two two Daka jets, a uh, um, two mech guns, uh, and some and some squig buggies. Uh, three of them to be exact, um, and then I in my outrider, and I might have my fast attack slots a little bit grouped up, so whatever. Uh, but here's the army in total. Um, I also have a group, two groups of storm boys, one group of commandos, uh, three scrap jets as one entire unit, um, and those are almost always in reserves. Uh, another daka jet, a was bomb, more mech guns. Uh, all my mech guns are custom mega cannons, by the way. Uh, because now that they cost the same as a smasher gun, there's not really, like, I'm going to go for the more shots. So that's what I'm doing with my game plan there. Um, 
my beast boss on Squigasaur is owns this detachment because he can't call Speedwa, so he's a separate guy. Uh, and then, oh, uh, two groups of war bikers, two groups of five war bikers, uh, which hitting on fours, absolutely bonkers uh, with their sixty plus shots. And I'm almost always calling my wall turn one. Um, and if things are in range, you're dumping out three hundred plus bullets, uh, and it's really just oppressive um there it's a it's a really killy army it tables a whole bunch of different armies even armies you think it might struggle against like death guard or custodies it even tables them so it's go ahead and give it a try guys if you want if you want to play it yourself or beware of it if you know if you see it out there as i know a couple other people are playing a very similar list uh and it's with the freebooter trait and everything hitting on fours those those plus ones stack uh, so if you kill three units and something's like negative two to hit, you don't care. You still get your bonus. Um, you can balance out the fact that, you know, a force might be there and just forget the fact that it even has negative one. So um, some armies you can't proc easy against, but even against those armies, hitting on fives isn't even that bad. You still have this giant volume of shots. Um, so it's a very killy army, but it does lack in the ability to play the mission. So my one loss I had at the major was where someone jumped on all the primaries, out-primaried me. I still nearly killed everything, but I couldn't score. And Rich, of course, you had no losses, right? I had no losses. Um, my my second day was... I, I My second day was just... A, it was orcs, orcs, and then necrons. And uh, it was brutal. It was very difficult. And I did avenge uh, Ben by beating the orc player who took all the objectives from him and uh, and... Um, I was able to beat that orc army, and then the Necrons in the finals was just a very tough uh, player and list, and was able to pull it out by a few points. Yeah, I uh, I was a little bit disheartened um, by my loss because I play so well uh, into that list if I go first, and I didn't deploy well, so I'll own that because um, like things just got a little bit weird during deployment, but. Uh, at the end of the day, like my opponent very much knew if I'd gone first that it was going to be a completely different game because um, it's a bunch of very naked orcs out there standing in front of a, a speed wall and a lot of bullets. So um, he rolled a two and his heart sunk on the go first roll. And of course, I rolled a one. <laughs> that's just that's just how it be sometimes. But I'm still I'm still happy. Me and Rich actually dodged each other. We somehow. did. We did. Um, uh, there's multiple times where it got real close and we were within battle, like a couple battle points. But um, I think that game, our, our free Buddha versus uh, versus riches list is going to come down someday. It will. Just not it today. Will. Yes. Um, now, Rich, we're not unbeatable. No. Obviously, I lost a game. What are some good ways? What do Where do orcs struggle? So in particular, because there's a lot of, in, in a lot of orc lists, they're going to have buggies and they're going to have bikes and they're going to have these units that can take up some table space. And the buggy, the buggy bases are humongous. So blocking units into parts of the board can be very effective against orcs. So if you have some units that can get out across the table, I played against a very, a very cool young Tau player and he used those, I think they're called Remora drones, something like that. These mm-hmm little flying drones, and he moved them right in front of my trucker boys. And I was going, oh, dang. I'm like between these two buildings, and these these little flyers are just blocking my road. And I'm going, oh, that's not good. 
I mean, they are they are aircraft. You can move through remoras. Yes, and but so there's 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 ways that you can you can block orcs, um, block their block their table a little bit, and if you can do that, you can kind of limit their mobility because that's one of the strengths of the orc army, I believe, is they're fast. They can get they can get angles. They can get into combat. If you can mitigate that, I think that's a that's a key. I think another key weakness is morale, especially in a list like mine or like the the other player that beat Ben, is if you can cause some morale, you don't want to just necessarily wipe a unit out like you used to with orcs. You used to want to make sure that you killed the whole unit. But now you want to do four or five damage to a unit and then let them take the morale hit because they'll probably lose another three, probably another two to three guys to morale. Uh, which you know, over the course of the game, that's going to add up. Um, yeah, and like those boys, they they don't a single boy or two when you when after morale doesn't do a whole lot, so you can leave him be. Um, except he'll come and steal your objective from you, Ben. Well, he will. Yes. <laughs> I'm talking like commandos and storm boys and junk, where they don't actually steal your objective, where they can't obsec you off at least. But yours are death skulls, so never mind. I would also say another key army weakness is if you have anything that's minus one to hit or if you have minus one to hit strats or, or things like that, that can be really effective against orcs because going from a five to hit to a six, that's one thing I noticed with my rucka trucks. When I shot, like anytime I choose, I chose to shoot bikes, I almost was punching myself afterwards going, why am I shooting of bikes? I can't hit. And uh, anytime you're minus one to hit, it's going to make... Um, at least in a list like mine, very difficult to shoot anything. Um, I guess Ben, with his plus one, it can be more effective. But against me, yeah. minus one to hits are brutal. My my list leans hard on the stuff that's natively plus one to hit already. Uh, so I shoot those first, um, usually like mech guns and my squig buggies. Uh, and then I move into my other stuff. So I usually rely on those to pick up a kill um, and then get plus one and then begin the uh, the rally. And I have definitely struggled already against like a very durable army hiding in a forest and their entire army is just in a forest. So I can do nothing to them. So I, def I will agree that that's definitely a weakness, especially if I have nothing else to kill. Um, as far as uh, build weaknesses and such, do you think there's anything just mechanically difficult to use in orcs? Um, just if you go too, too much into buggies and things that can't fly, um, that's why the planes are really great is because they can get out of the way. They can, they can cross terrain, but if you go into a heavy, heavy list that doesn't have boys that can move through walls, you could block yourself up pretty well. So that's one caution I would give you is to be careful if you put too many of those big bases on the table. And then, uh, are there any, any linchpin units that must die first? Like, if you see it on the board and you can kill it, what do you kill? If you have a chance to kill their... Now, be, be aware, the Warlord, specifically the Warlord for the Orc Army, is the only unit that can call the Wa. So if you can kill the Warlord before he calls the Wa, that is a huge win for you. Now, generally, like I said, they're much tougher to kill. But if you have the ability to kill that guy... Before he can call the wall, that would be amazing. It's just very difficult to do. It happened to me once. Oh wow! And, what uh, got you? Um, the other orc player, uh, Marshall. Yep. Um, he was he was able to dive my uh dive my war boss with his truck boy war boss. Yep. Um, 
And even though I fought on death and killed his, I, I traded out and I could not speed walk against him. So it definitely hurts. Don't don't let it happen to you, kids. It was a big mistake of mine and a mistake I shouldn't have made. So. Yeah, that's that's a you got to keep that guy safe until he calls the wall. Once he calls the wall, then it's in effect even if he dies. So, um, so yeah. So just but make sure that you you keep him alive because he is a definitely a linchpin. Other than that, like. The force field used to be, but you're going to see less force fields. Um, but you're still, you know, if it's there and you can kill it, that would be a good one to kill. Um, they're psychers. Generally, you're not going to see multiple psychers, I don't think. But if they have one, it can really buff their army. Um, so, yeah, those are the units that I think um, I'd try to kill if I if I had an opportunity. I usually like to try, if I'm going against orcs, especially with the common builds you're seeing today, um, I like to try and kill the truck boy truck first. Um, oh, yeah. If I can, if I can kill the truck boy truck first, especially, it, yeah, it, it makes my, it drastically changes the game because that thing's a goddamn cruise missile. So um, if you can shoot the truck boy truck, shoot the truck boy truck. Um, in the speed wall list, uh, it's a kind of a threat overload list. There's a lot of stuff where you're, that's demanding to be shot. You kind of pick like what's worse for your army. Do you care more about the Daka jets or do you care more about the custom mega cannons? Or do you care more about the squig buggies? But the squig buggies are going to be hard to get. They shoot no other west. So if you don't really care about any of it and you feel like you can just outscore them by, hold, by holding more objectives, shoot the bikes. If you shoot Speedwall's bikes first, um, they don't have much else that can like move up and grab objectives real easy right so you can you can start 15 them right away if you just kill their war bikers because jets can't grab objectives uh there are other stuff as characters um and then you got some buggies and reserves and buggies that hang back and don't really move forward so they might hold one or two objectives and on a six objective map you can start just 15ing them over and over and over again that's if you know they don't shoot you off but um that the list is definitely more killy than it is that. And if you're going with the strategy of playing the mission, um, that's definitely what you do there. Also be aware if they've, if they've put things in reserve to try, if you can make sure that they don't get to choose where they come in and hit you with like in particular, the Megatrack scrap jets, which are going to be in reserve a lot. Um, they're brutal when they come in. So be careful and watch that. If you can screen them out and make them go into something they don't want to go into, that would be really good. What uh, what sort of uh, lists and styles do orcs struggle against? Well, we used to struggle against custodes. Uh, custodes is uh, is one that we used to struggle into. We also, I used to struggle into Death Guard. Um, and Admech is one that I haven't had a lot of practice against the new Admech. So I assume that just like everybody else, we struggle into them. But I think some of the lists that we used to struggle into um, are we have a better chance. I think the Dark Eldar matchup is now a matchup that I actually like for orcs. Um, because of my limited experience, I don't really want to comment much on Admech. Um, but I think that we've improved a lot. I We really do well into Marines, in my opinion. Um, so as far as struggle, where we, you, we used to struggle into anything with high toughness and one or two plus saves. Um, it's not as bad because we have AP on ev on basically everything. Um, so even if it's just AP one, um, we have a better chance into those units now. Yeah, I, th I think when the new Imperial Knight Codex comes out, it might be a true test of if our Codex still holds up the snuff. Um, but I would I would agree that those 
things that we used to struggle with are still harder on orcs. Like sending a big group of boys into Terminators is still not a winning plan. Um, they're going to do damage now, or they used to do almost nothing. Uh, but it's still not exactly a winning uh, winning strategy, um, at least if you're just doing it with one group of boys. You don't have a, a lot of backup or other you know high AP or high strength things to put into them. So um, the thing that I find orcs uh, to struggle with, that they used to struggle with, that they're better against now, is, is stuff like sisters. But um, anything that could trade up into them was always really difficult. Um, and now there's, between their toughness bump and everything else... Uh, those trades just aren't happening anymore. Like I was always, I was very frustrated with eighth edition uh, Drukhari, or when we had our eighth edition book and Drukhari had their ninth. Just how well witches played in the orcs was, oh, was uh, like, brutal. Was was very sad. Um, and now they come in and they're like strength four, and you're like, okay, cool. And then they don't, they barely do anything. So um, yeah, ten witches, ten ten witches used to be able to kill twenty orcs pretty easily. That's not the case anymore. Yeah. So. I think uh, I think orcs will still struggle with those style of lists. I just think they play better into them now, so I think there's overall buffed. Um, but if you want to be able to counter orc units, yeah, bring those bring those high toughness, bring those bring those high good armor saves. Um, blade guard vets are still always a pain in the butt. Um, anything with that two up, that fancy two up save um, is going to be brutal, especially if they have any AP because. Other than beast snakes, orcs aren't going to get a save, so it's just instant death. We're not, we're not saving against you, unless they bring commandos. Commandos actually do get saves if they're in like heavy cover and such. And they, they will be bringing commandos. You will see yeah, commandos. Will. Yeah, commandos are going to be in almost every list. We talked about foils being like you know uh, terminators and stuff like that. Um, what are common orc mistakes to look for? Things to pay attention to. Um. Uh, again, like if they, if they, because they're pretty dependent on their characters, if they put their characters, they make a mistake and put them out away from something where you can get to their warlords or things like that, or cause a lot of morale, morale issues. Anytime you can, you can like, they leave a unit sitting out where you can just put, put five down and then let the morale eat them. Uh, that's going to be useful. Um, and then also if, because they don't have the big units that they used to, and orcs are still pretty fragile other than toughness increase. They don't have much of a save. Um, if they don't have something on an objective, because they don't have the big units they used to, I think their, their units that they put on, on their back objectives might not be as tough as they used to be. So watch for opportunities to take their primaries away. I think uh, I think flipping a primary from orcs um, is easier than what people think it will be. Uh, a common mistake that I'm that I'm going to see a lot of players uh, make, particularly with orcs, um, is that board clogging up we were talking about earlier. Uh, you want to take advantage of that wherever you can, whether it be like with your own counter charge, your own move block, etc. Because um, there's just there's just so many things to move across the board, and like even I've watched my opponents even struggle to even like figure out how to get all their orcs up the board in the combat without blocking each other out after their movements. So um, if you make, just like in any other combat game, if you make them come out to you one at a time versus three at a time, it's going to be a real struggle. Um, also, uh, fight order is a really important important thing to pay attention to. Uh, it can be very difficult in orcs, especially when there's like fight last mechanics and other such, because um, if you have the opportunity to do a, a counter-offensive, 
can be pretty easy to pick up another group of orcs um, for free, essentially. Well, for two CP, but um, that can be very devastating. Yes. As far as uh, those little mistakes and such to look forward to, or, or look forward for, not forward to, um, what are some? Uh, what are the good secondary choices against orcs? Uh, so, I guess a list like yours. I don't know how many points you would give up in uh, if they took the vehicle killing one. Um, oh, I give up more than max. It's ridiculous. Yeah, just so, take it. So yeah, <laughs> that's a good one to take. In mine, it's interesting because you'd think that we give up a lot of no prisoners, but orcs just have one wound each. Uh, so I only, I think I gave up nine points if you tabled me. Basically, it was nine or ten right in there if you tabled me um, for no prisoners. So no prisoners is not necessarily great into orcs. You would think it. It used to be. But it's not so much anymore. Um, but uh, if you can, if you can make orcs kind of go away from the objectives, that's a good thing. So things like if you have engaged on all fronts and you you send send your guys off, like a list like mine isn't going to shoot you if you're out against the the corner of the table. So I either have to go fight you out there, or I just have to let you be. So that might be something to think about when you're playing against orcs. If they're not a heavy shooty list like like Ben's is, then making them pull away from objectives is a, is a good play. Yeah, against to uh, talk about what she was talking about with playing to our own our individual lists, um, stranglehold happens to be really good against my list because I don't often hold more. Um, Though I'm not really looking, I'm not looking to win the game or win the game through mission. I'm looking to just kill you. So if I'm not killing you, I'm losing anyway. Typically, um, with the one my one loss and exception. So I guess there's the exception to the rule is my loss. But <laughs> um, stranglehold would be would be a strong take if you feel that your stuff is able to survive. Um, I think uh, I think most orc lists suffer from uh, from grind them down. Um, I know mine particularly does. What do you think about yours, Rich? Um, yeah, in general, yeah, that, that, that's going to be a struggle. Um, it's, it's curious because I think it used to be worse. I think it used to be something that you'd take pretty commonly, but, uh, it's, it's with the toughness five, it's interesting how resilient even a 10 man boy squad is. So in my list, I don't think that's as big a deal, especially because maybe you want morale to happen and then, I roll that one, and that unit that you thought you were going to kill doesn't die. And so grind them down could be a little bit of a trap into my kind of list. Yeah, it can be can be trappy. Mine, I've definitely had it where I beat my opponent on grind them down after they took it, because they're like, oh, I'm going to kill a mech gun, I'm going to kill this, but they didn't plan on me targeting their units that could kill mine effectively. So, um, but, you know, if you're playing knights or something, or like one of our foil lists, uh, grind them down... Um, I think you should take it just because if you're not winning, if you're not getting grind them down, you're not winning anyway. Um, it's not truly a win more. It's just a, if the game is going at all in your favor, um, you should be killing things and not having things die. So like if you're running like a Fortnite list or something, um, yeah, you definitely should take that. Uh, same thing with like custodies and such. If I'm killing more than you, you're probably tabled in like two turns anyway. So um, those are the ways to like foil into it but they're definitely not auto takes um i think uh i think one thing i'm looking forward to especially since i don't have a psyker in my list is uh, is taking a poor the witch for the first time in my life so <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I'm uh, I've never taken it before. I haven't re- had the opportunity to yet. But like with T Suns and Grey Knights around the corner, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yes. Um, any other things you want to reflect on, uh, secondary wise, or how to foil orc secondaries before we close out the show, Rich? Uh, nothing that comes to mind. All right then. Well, I will uh, close us out. It's been a little more than an hour, but you know, orcs don't keep time too well anyway. We're not we're not known for being too thinky, uh, and uh, that's generally the gist of it. Um, any last words? Oh, well, I already asked that. But any last words on orcs and ninth? Yeah, I, 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 one of the things I love about orcs, having played them for thirty years, um, is even in games where I'm beating somebody pretty badly, they're killing a lot of guys. So one of the things, and this is this this is part of that, is orcs are generally fun to play against, even if they're beating you pretty bad. You feel good because you kill a hundred guys, you know, and so. One of the things I always encourage people is pick something you like and and stick with it. Because if you play something, orcs I think are tricky. I don't think you just pick up orcs and you're good. I think you have to practice with them. And I think that some people will pick it up and go, oh, wow, I'm playing Rich's List and it's not very good. And I'm struggling. And you need repetitions with an army like this. And uh, I think with any army, you're going to get better the more you play it. That's why I don't really like codex hopping for myself and i don't really like it when other people do it because i don't think they're as good as they could be if they focused um although having played at charity hammer some of these guys because they play so much i guess it doesn't matter but uh yeah so but orcs are fun for your opponent so remember that that this is a game make it fun for you and for your opponent you can be competitive but still have fun while you're playing and to me that's the most important thing is that we have fun while we're playing you know what, Rich? I definitely agree with you. I think orcs, orc players are definitely having the most fun. Um, and I hope their opponents are having just as much fun as we are. Um, and with that, I'll take us out with our show. Um, if you truly enjoyed this episode and this orc takeover of In the Finest Hour, um, you can and you want to give us a little something for that uh, and also get the bonuses of being added to our Discord and our Facebook, uh, you can subscribe to us on Patreon at In the Finest Hour. Um, we'd also like to thank Ryland Woodrow for their awesome, amazing art and banner that they do for us. Uh, you can find their work on DeviantArt and on Facebook. And I'd also like to thank Dank Muse for the wonderful sounds of the intro and intermission we skipped this time uh, that they provide for us. And you can find their work on SoundCloud, Spotify, and YouTube. Um, Rich, thank you so much again uh, for coming onto this. I think it was a perfect timing situation where the Codex had just come out. You had not only just won an event, but an event that I also took third at. So, um, and I was really happy to have you here, especially right after that major. And I can't thank you enough. You are truly a gentleman and truly one of the kindest men in 40K. Oh, thank you, Ben. It, it was great to see you this weekend. And I look forward to to going at it on the ITC track, but also next time we see each other. All right. And with that, that's In the Finest Hour. I'm Ben Jurek. I'm Rich Kill. Thanks for listening. Hit stop.